Let us pray. Gracious God, you are so beyond us. We could not understand you were it not for the fact that you have revealed your will to us, your nature and your will. And so we pray, Lord, that as we read your word, by your spirit, the words would jump off the page and into our hearts and find root there, and that your word would bear fruit in our lives. Oh, Lord, you speak to us afresh. Here we are, Lord. May we hear truly. In Christ's name, amen. Scripture lessons this morning are from the New Testament, reading first of all from the letter of Hebrews, chapter 12, beginning at the first verse. In the 11th chapter, we've had this, uh, have this uh, faith hall of fame. Uh, the writer of Hebrews lists all of these people who uh, ventured out by faith and accomplished great things in Him, in the Lord. And so now we read, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And then reading from Paul's letter to Timothy, the second letter, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, and following, Paul is giving a final charge to uh, his young protege, Timothy. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, Timothy, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. Amen.
How many times when we have uh, faced some great difficulty or some huge obstacle that we are tempted just to give up? You know, there's the old saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And yet, uh, it seems so often that, uh, that uh, when the going gets tough, we quit. We give up. How many times have we embarked upon some great project or some new adventure with, with genuine enthusiasm only to give up because we have found it too difficult? And that's true in, area, in every area of life, right? I mean, uh, what usually, you know, after the first of the year, we all give ourselves to some great diet and exercise plan. And, uh, you know, we might even join the, the Y. And we give it a few days, and, uh, you know, and then it becomes the same old, same old, and it just, it's just painful, it's just difficulty, just difficult, and so we give up. Or we pick up a, a novel that we've always wanted to read, but we find it a little bit too hard on the brain, and so we put it down forever. One day, I really will finish the novel War and Peace, Really? I'll get beyond the first chapter. <laughs> Finishing school is, an, is a hassle, so we bail out. Uh, cultivating a, a close personal relationship takes a lot of energy, and so we back off. Working through the conflicts in a marriage is a tiring struggle, and so we walk away. Sticking with an occupation is tough, so we start looking elsewhere. It seems we have no trouble starting things, but we don't stick with them until they're done. We tend to be all start and no finish. And I, I love this, this uh, quote from Charles Swindoll in one of his books because I think this is an astute observation. He says, not enough is said about finishing well. Lots and lots of material is available and motivation to get started and creative ways to spark initiative. Plenty of advice is floating around on setting goals and establishing priorities, developing a game plan, and all of it is insightful and needed. Getting off the dime is often a Herculean task. Starting well is plan A, no doubt about it. But let's hear it for the opposite end for a change. Let's extol the virtues of sticking with something until it's done, of hanging tough when the excitement and fun fade into discipline and guts. You know, being just as determined eight minutes into the fourth quarter as at the kickoff, not losing heart, even though the project has lost its appeal and difficulties arise. And to that I say, amen. But it does seem that the quality of perseverance is often in short supply these days. There really is virtue in sticking with the job until it's done, of enduring to the very end, of finishing what we start. After all, it was the, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon once said, it's by perseverance that the snail made it to the ark. <laughs> Gosh, think of that. <laughs> perseverance is a quality that is crucial to living the Christian life. 
For as any disciple who takes his or her faith seriously knows, the life of Christ is a difficult one. It's not easy. Christ calls us to the highest moral and personal standards, a goodness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. It's not easy living the Christian life when everything around you is telling you to think of yourself first and to seek money and power and fame as keys to happiness. It's not easy being a Christian in today's business world where the temptation is always there to cut ethical corners in the name of profit. It's not easy caring for your neighbor when you don't particularly like the neighbor and you receive very little in return. It's not easy loving your enemy. It's not easy persevering in prayer when answers don't seem to be forthcoming. It's not easy standing up for your convictions when so many would oppose you. The Christian life is not easy. It involves blood, sweat, and tears. It takes hard work, self-sacrifice, and involves a long, painstaking, painstaking process of personal growth into the likeness of Christ. And the temptation is always there for you and for me to give up. Oh, it's just too hard. Man, it's just going to be so much easier just to go with the flow, to do what everybody else is doing. Many people will make a decision for Christ and will begin the life of discipleship with great enthusiasm, only to discover that the way is, is difficult. And that's why Jesus said, to be sure to count the cost before you enter into the life of discipleship. Now, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to Timothy and also in some of his other letters, he likens the Christian life to running a race. He's thinking not so much of a 100-yard dash, a sprint, but of a marathon. It's a grueling, difficult course. Again, it takes hard work, discipline, above all, perseverance. And the important thing, says Paul, is to finish the course. I have finished the race, says Paul of himself. I have kept the faith. And now he encourages young Timothy to do the same. Timothy, no matter how, times, how many times you stumble and fall, no matter what obstacles are placed in your path, finish the course. Finish the race. In uh, 1968, at the Olympic Games in Mexico City, the uh, final event was a marathon. And there was an Ethiopian runner, of course, it was, you know, the Ethiopians would always be winners of this particular race. But there was an Ethiopian runner who entered into the stadium. He was the first one. He went around, you know, he took his lap and he crossed the finish line. He won the race. But about an hour behind him, there was a man by the name of John Stephen Aquari of Tanzania. And about 30 kilometers in the middle of the race, his head began to throb, his, his legs gave way, he stumbled and fell and really hurt himself. And the officials urged him to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, to give up and to retire for the day. But Aquari kept saying, no, no, I, I'm going to keep on going, uh, I need some bandages, please, I need some bandages, I need to get up, I need to get going. And, uh, and so, yeah, he was bandaged, and he got going, picked himself up, and then he ran the final seven and a half miles to finish the race. And by the time that he got into the stadium, 
Of course, he was last, and just about everybody had left. Some of us remember this. So he entered in, and he stumbled around, you know, making that final lap, and then he just crossed the finish line. He just kind of fell over. And then a reporter went up and asked him afterward, why didn't you just give up? And he said famously, my country did not send me to start the race, but to finish it. And we can imagine the Apostle Paul saying the same kind of thing of himself. My Lord did not send me to start the race for Christ, but to finish it. And Paul finished well. And now at the end of his life, after all that he'd been through, talk about hardship and struggle, I mean, uh, man, there were stonings and, uh, and uh, there were whippings and there were shipwrecks and church fights. There's nothing worse than a church fight. And opposition at every turn. And he could say to himself with a certain amount of pride and joy, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now to young Timothy, who is taking over the reins of, of a church, uh, the reins of leadership, and who would be in, you know, he would experience much hardship and heartache. Paul writes, be steady. Timothy, be steady. Endure suffering. Fulfill your ministry. He is saying, my son, there will be times when you're going to want to give up. You're going to want to throw in the towel. But keep plugging away. Keep pressing on. No matter how difficult it gets, hang in there. Follow my example, finish the race, keep the faith, and you too will win the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award on that day. And you will find, Timothy, that it will be worth it in the end. So what battles have you and I been fighting? I mean, what are we struggling with? What what? difficulties are we up against? I mean, have we become weary in well-doing? Are we discouraged in our life of discipleship? I mean, are we tempted to quit and just to, you know, just to go with the flow? But the word for today says, press on, right? Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Finish the course. Persevere. And where do you and I find that quality of perseverance? Well, I think the key is found in the letter of Hebrews, where the writer says, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. The key to pressing on to that per perseverance we all need is to keep looking at Jesus, keeping our eyes on Him and not on the difficulties that lie so ominously in our path. And the idea is pretty clear. There are lots of distractions that, that when we run, right? Different voices urge us to take this byway or that byway. Uh, false goals attract us. Competition discourages us. And oppression causes us to falter. Opposition. Man, it's wearying. Jesus, however, took the lead and blazed the trail of faith 
with perfect obedience and perseverance and finish the race in a blaze of glory. We look away from everything else, laying it aside, we look away from everything else and keep our eyes on Jesus if we want to finish well. In his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul likens the life of discipleship to running a race, and he's determined to keep his focus on the goal. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So there you have it, the key to perseverance, keeping our eyes on the goal on Christ Himself, and we will undoubtedly stumble and fall, but if we keep our eyes on Him, we will finish the course and win the victor's crown. And to be sure, all of this takes diligence on our part. Attending worship regularly is an important way you and I keep our eyes on the goal. Here we get our bearings, right? And uh, we renew our vision. Here we see Christ high and lifted up. Here we gather around the Word of the Lord in Scripture and in sermon and sacrament and song, and we find His direction and His encouragement in our difficulties and our struggles. The goal and the purpose of our life is kept before us week after week as we come to this place. And you know what? If we can see the finish line, we can, we'll run better, right? If we have the goal in sight, then that makes all the difficulties and hardships somehow easier to bear. So we press on, we persevere. Sunday worship is pretty crucial to keep our eyes on the goal, to run well. But apart from Sunday worship, maintaining a daily devotional life of Scripture reading and prayer will keep us focused and centered on Him. Crucial, too, will be our resolve to be daily obedient to Him. I've always liked the way Eugene Peterson uh, has described the, the nature of the Christian life. He says it's a long obedience in the same direction. He wrote a book of that title, from, a book on Jeremiah. A long obedience in the same direction. The race is not uh, won, uh, it's not complete until the Lord calls us home, but in the meantime, we resolve to show grit and determination to be obedient to Him over the long haul. And thankfully, we are not without help. We do not run this race alone. Praise be to God. The Apostle Paul, again, wrote to the Philippians, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, He is at work in us and will give us everything we need to finish the race that is set before us. Indeed, He's already won the race for us. For Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We're not without help. I think of another story that comes from the Olympics. 
this time from the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona. As the gun sounded for the 400-meter race, Great Britain's Derek Redmond knew that his lifelong dream of winning a gold medal was now in view. And he was running that race very well. But tragically, as he entered the backstretch, Redmond was sent sprawling by the ripping pain of a torn hamstring. I have never torn a hamstring. I've gotten a charley horse. <laughs> That's bad enough. But to tear a hamstring must be incredibly painful. But by an act of sheer will, Redmond struggled to his feet. Excruciating pain began hopping toward the finish line. And then suddenly, Derek's father bounded out of the stands, past a security guard, and then he threw his arms around his son, and in a voice choked with emotion, he whispered, Come on, son, let's finish together. And the crowd cheered and wept as it watched a father propelling his wounded son jerkily down the stretch and across the finish line. Our race, that is the Christian life, is much like Derek Redmond's Olympic race. And trying to live this life in our own power, with our own strength, is exhausting. And sometimes in our struggles, we might find ourselves flat on our face. And there will be times when we will find it almost sheer, you know, sheer impossible to, to continue on. But know that God is not sitting far away in some far-off stadium, heavenly stadium, watching as we falter and perhaps fail. But He wants us to cross the finish line. And so He brings the power of a Father's love into our struggles and enables us to finish if only we would let Him. If we are going to finish well, we must rely on the power and the love of God who is at work within us. So, don't give up. Hang in there, no matter the hardship or the struggle, finish the race. For some of us, that means getting back into the race. For some of us, it means starting the race today. But we have to ask, well, what's holding us back? What's distracting us? Boy, are there a lot of distractions out there these days. Are you and I at the end, are you and I going to be able to stand before the Savior? And will we be able to say, I have finished the race. I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. I've put, I, I've done what you have sent me to do, Lord. I haven't been a selfish little clod living only for myself, but I've lived for you. Now, I haven't lived for you perfectly, but I've done my best. Will we hear the Savior say, well done, 
good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Dear God, I, I realize that you made me for a purpose and that you have a race for me to run. Please help me to focus on the finish line and finish well so as to please you. Lord, make the rest of my life count. Forgive me for all those times I've gotten distracted. Help me to stay strong and true for you. Help me to rely on your power to overcome the hurdles and obstacles before me and to do what you want me to accomplish with my life. Help me, Lord, to realize your purpose for my life. I want to run this race with you. And most of all, Lord, help me to remember how much you love me. Amen.